Welcome to the Clear Impact Podcast, brought to you by PGTI University. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Sherry Connor, and I am your host. You know that Murphy's Law always gets involved. In other words, anything that can go wrong with the house will go wrong when you're not there. Today on the Clear Impact Podcast, we continue with our introduction series. We speak with Jim Heiss, one of the most knowledgeable trainers on the PGTI University faculty. Jim is a senior knowledge specialist and building code expert. He is also a sought-after speaker at conferences across the fenestration industry. He is incredibly knowledgeable and has this amazing ability to keep his classes entertaining, even building code classes. We learn about the importance of codes and we also chat about how Jim got his start in this industry and what he holds dear. Good morning and welcome to the Clear Impact Podcast. We are here today with Jim Heiss. Jim is our PGTI Senior Knowledge Specialist and Building Code Expert. Jim also tells me that he is a reverend and a lord. Yes. That is, <laughs> that is a lot of titles for one guy. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jim. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I was born, obviously, not in Florida, just like everyone else. Uh, I was born in upstate New York and went to school there and went to college out in Nebraska and ended up back in New York working, being self-employed back then. After about, I don't know, maybe 15 years there, ended up moving to Florida to start all over again. And how did you decide the West Coast versus the East Coast? Well, it, it all started where I had to bring my grandmother down. I took one of my company vans and brought her down as she was moving to Florida, like everyone else does eventually. And I sort of fell in love with the area. And when I called and checked in with my wife one night, she could hear the excitement in my voice and it says, you're going to ask me to move there, aren't you? I said, how did you know that? And uh, that's what we did. So we ended up going home and sold the business and sold our home and came down cold turkey. And when was that? That was probably over 40 years ago, but it, it was one of those cases where I did want to wait until I retired to come to see Florida. I had already seen people I had worked with, older people at that time up in New York, that uh, one was my neighbor, kept talking about couldn't wait till he could retire. He was working at Kodak at the time up there. Couldn't wait to retire for him and his wife to move to Florida. And three months before his retirement, he passed away. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of the icing on the cake that told me there's, there's no sense in waiting. Uh, come down and enjoy the weather while you can. That makes perfect sense. That was my sentiment exactly. I decided yeah. to move when I was in my 20s and I've been here ever since and I'm very happy to be in Florida. Um, I've got a jump start on all the snowbirds. Well, that's <laughs> something I grew up wanting to be my whole life since I was down here as a snowbird. I'm getting closer to be that now. <laughs> nice. Good for you. So tell us a little bit about your work history. I got into my first profession, I could you could say by accident, literally. Uh, I raced motorcycles for when I, since I was 16 and actually uh, uh, raced for, for uh, Triumph Motorcycles for the factory. Uh, ended up hurting my back, having to have a back surgery. And at that time, my mother had just remarried and was married to a professional photographer. So I had to uh, leave college and sort of stay at home for almost a year. And he, they helped take care of me. And I got to watch him, and next thing you knew, I was sort of uh, getting involved in it and ended up becoming uh, the first or the youngest, I should say, 
president of the Professional Photographer Society of New York State. I took over his business and let, let him retire, basically, and uh, that's when I worked myself into a nervous breakdown, which is one of the reasons I had to bring my grandmother down to Florida, because I, I wasn't happy with what everyone else did. So I wanted to do it all myself, and that's when I realized it was it was time to slow down and start something different. So that's, that's basically where, where my, my career, original career, started. So how did you end up in the fenestration industry or at PGT? Well, uh, when I moved down here, um, you know, I didn't have a position, a job. Uh, I watched them build my house and watched them build my swimming pool and, and what have you. Um, everyone, you know, moved to Florida, you got to have a pool. You know, I, I became interested in construction. So the interest took me to, to uh, start to work for a construction company and then realized that uh, I was in sales selling for them and, and I was making the owners a ton of money. So I decided, well, let me let me start studying a little bit. And I went out and got my own contractor's license and started my own company. So that's how I got into construction, of course, which, which was a very uh, appealing at the time to PGT when, when I first interviewed with them. And you have a fun story around how you landed in PGT. Uh, do you want to share that? Yeah, it, it's, it was kind of odd. Um, I've really only had three, I'll say three professions in my life. Um, one was, I said, was a professional photographer, uh, which lasted for about 15 years. And then I fell back onto, the, after construction, to that career in photography, I guess, and started working for a large camera company that had 800 and some odd stores in the country. And they, they ended up giving me 200 and, 207 of them, in, uh, 217 in a seven-state area. So I was traveling all the time. Every Sunday night, I would fly out, uh, and then I'd come home, fly back on Thursdays. And uh, my wife at the time was working for PGT. So I would visit her on Fridays in order to spend some time with her and have lunch at PGT. Well, one day she went uh, on a Friday, I went for lunch, and she was sitting with people in the cafeteria from, from the HR department. And she introduced me, we started talking, and they asked me what I did. And I explained to them that, that I, I teach sales and, and other classes, uh, customer service and HR and, and any other type of class that was necessary uh, and responsible for doing that throughout the country. And they found out my background was in construction as well. Also, they they basically almost sat down and made me an offer I couldn't refuse, which the offer was not to have to travel so much. And that, of course, excited my wife a bit. So that's how I ended up here. But it's, it, what made it more interesting is I remember walking down the mezzanine uh, that same day and thinking to myself as I was heading to the cafeteria, you know, this, this would be a nice, nice place, a good place to work. It was you know, a nice operation close to home, only three miles away. And the next thing you knew, without asking for it, I had an offer for it. And so that's how I ended up at PGT. And that was about 16 years ago. That's so cool. And she still works here. Yes, she does. She works in a production control department. She schedules all of the manufacturing lines, basically, to, to make the products. And that's a big job. Yeah, she comes in at, uh, she starts her, her day, she gets up at three, but starts her day at four o'clock in the morning so that she can have production tickets for the people before they come in. Wow. Um, so you don't have lunch with her anymore? No, no, her, <laughs> no. Her her lunch is around ten or eleven o'clock because she comes in so early. Mine's not until noon. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure the time in the evenings and the weekends is better than just a lunch on Friday, anyway. So yeah, abs absolutely. That's why we look forward to our weekends, just like everyone else. That's wonderful. There's no such thing as a bad weekend. It's just some are better than others. Right. So one of the things that the university relies on you for is your knowledge of the building codes. Why are building codes 
important for people to understand and follow, especially when it comes to fenestration windows and doors. Can you just talk a little bit about building codes and why that matters? Yeah, well, the building codes basically, despite what people think, they think they're designed to save their homes, and they're really not yet. They will someday. They're designed basically to save lives. People have, have a false idea of building codes where they, they think uh, building codes are the, are the best thing in, in the world. And the reality is if I'm a contractor and I tell you I'm building your home according to code, uh, what I'm really telling you, but they, they don't tell it and they won't say it this way, is I'm going to build your house as cheap as I can without going to jail. Be sure to tune in for upcoming episodes to help you understand the fenestration industry, what you need to know when buying windows and doors, and other related topics. You can find out more about us at pgtiuniversity.com. You can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm going to build your house as cheap as I can without going to jail. The reason being, building codes are, are like law. Uh, every contractor, every type of construction, they have to meet these certain standards of these certain codes, and they're there for the protect, for the protection of the consumer. Uh, so what, what people really need to be concerned about, and this is what the insurance industry is getting heavily involved in, is what I used to call Code Plus. Now they refer to it, the insurance industry refers to it as a fortified home. Fortified meaning that the home will withstand up to a Category 4 or 5 hurricane. And that's pretty important, especially in our neck of the woods. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And hur- hurricanes are very cyclical. Uh, they, they come and they go. We, we went for one period of time uh, for 11 years without Florida being hit. Then all of a sudden we get hit. It's just like in the periods of 04 and 05, basically we had seven hurricanes hit Florida in just a two-year period. Where prior to that, we went for, for several years without any hurricanes. And, and now we're back in that cycle again because they're very cyclical is that we're, we're, we experienced a, a record amount of storms last year. This year, I don't see, what, you know, the, those cycles run about a three-year period. And we, we reached that third-year peak, I, I think, last year. So we're still going to have a far above average this year, but it's not going to be as many as, as, as last year. But, and again, the number is not as important. It's, it, what's, what's really important is, is where it hits. In, in other words, you can have a record number of, of hurricanes, but if they don't hit anywhere then they, they don't mean anything. Or you can have a year like in, in, uh, when Hurricane Andrew hit Miami. It was the only, the only major hurricane that whole year. But it, it, caused, it caused such devastation and resulted in, in the building industry to come up with a state uniform building code. Because at that time, there was no standard building code. Everyone did their own thing. I remember that. I was actually in Naples when Hurricane Andrew came through. And the following year, um, my husband and I bought a house in Naples, and we had a very difficult time finding someone to insure it because all of the insurance companies had basically pulled out of Florida because they didn't want to take the risk anymore. After Andrew had come through, they saw how much loss they had you know, endured, and they were all packing up and pulling out. So we had a really tough time finding homeowners insurance um, in 1992, 93. Yeah, it's, it's, it can still it's still not hard to find because there there's government controlled ones, but but at the same time they're extremely expensive now because mm-hmm. of that. Uh, and if you the the thing a lot of homeowners don't understand about construction and codes, if you build a home that what they call is fortified, you can save up to thirty percent on your premium, and that adds up tremendously over a period of years because most people keep the home for eight to ten years or more. So there, there's a, a substantial savings, but it, it's not a requirement here in Florida. There are some states like Mississippi that has a state law 
that says if an insurance company wants to sell home insurance in that state, they are required to give a 30% discount on the premiums. And here in Florida, we're, the legislature is looking at that, but it hasn't hasn't uh, passed anything yet. So they leave it up to the local, or not local, but up to whatever carrier that you have. It's up to the insurance carrier. Some will offer 15, some 20, and some even 30%. But it's 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 uh, it's, it's on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that make a home fall into the category of fortified is that they have impact resistant windows and doors? No, uh, what's a, what's required is that they have to have uh, proven tested uh, protective systems. In other words, it's not doesn't your your windows and doors being uh, impact resistant is one of the choices, but also different shutter options as long as they've been tested meet the same standing standards and testing that we do as as a manufacturer of impact resistant windows and doors. There, that's only one uh, one option. The, the biggest advantage to the impact resistant windows and doors is is they're very proactive. In in, in other words, you're you're not only have protection against uh, windows and doors. But you you also you also have twenty four seven protection, which is which is a whole different thing. Where if you're using a an approved shutter system, you're only getting that protection when the shutters are up. So Jim, tell us a little bit about what you love the most about your role here at PGTI. For years, I've I've actually when the people ask me what I do, uh, jokingly I'll I'll reply quite often. I uh, I get paid to have fun. Um, I'm a firm believer that if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you should be doing something else. And so I try and make it fun for myself and also my 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 attendees or whoever attends my classes. Uh, and as a result, I've, uh, I guess I have a reputation for that. And and I I can I can give a two hour class on codes, uh, which is not real exciting as a topic. But I keep I have a way of keeping people involved in it, and 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 they'll and you'll hear them laughing through it as well also. Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't make it a comedy sketch by any means whatsoever. But um, you know, I, I try and make everything as as much fun as I can. And I, I actually learned that because at one time I had a part time job. Well, it really wasn't part time. I say part time. I didn't keep it very long. It it, it was because um, it was sort of in between jobs. Uh, I was selling cars, and I found myself um, staying up much later than normal every night. And I didn't understand why until I gave myself a self-analysis. And what I discovered is that I was going to bed late because I didn't want to go to bed at my normal time because as soon as I went to bed, I'd have to wake up and go to a job I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I, I, I told myself I'd never do that again. So that's why I say I, I, I make fun with what I have because I, I enjoy what I'm doing. And I've sat through parts of your class. I don't think I've sat through the entire two-hour code class, uh, but it was definitely interesting. It it was a lot of information, and because I'm fairly new to the industry, there was a lot for me to absorb and probably some terminology that went right over my head. I'm not a contractor, have no desire to be a contractor or work on a construction site, but I can see where you're able to turn a kind of a dry topic where you're just it's definitely can be dry you're just you know basically sharing information but it's important for people to hear it in a voice because a lot of times that kind of content is even worse if you're just reading it so specifically that I went to with you you were talking about the changes in the new edition that had just come out you gave some background as to 
why it needed to be changed. And it was mainly around clarifying the language so that it wasn't so confusing. And then you also had a bit of a crystal ball where you would share what you predicted would be happening along those lines, uh, specifically regarding energy and things like that, where this is how it is now, but watch because in the next few years, it's probably going to become more like this. So I think your depth of knowledge of the industry is so valuable and what a great asset you are to the PGTI University team. We're so grateful that you're here and that you haven't decided to become a snowbird and retire and that you're uh, still still uh, lending a solid contribution to our team. It's mainly because I, I enjoy not only what I'm doing, but the people I work with. And that's just as important as enjoying what you do. But uh, as far as a topic, building codes is a great topic if you have insomnia. <laughs> All you got to do is pull out one of those books and start reading it, and it'll put you right to sleep. The biggest compliment I have in, in, uh, from the industry, basically, is with Florida AIA. Uh, Florida AIA is the architects, the state architects. Um, I, I speak at their conference every year. In fact, I'll be there again in July of this year. And their conference actually runs for, uh, for four days. And my class, my two-hour advanced code class, is always put at the last two hours of the conference. And I always wonder, why do you keep doing that to me? And then they finally told me it's because we, we, you know, people stay so they can, so they can hear my class. And so that's, that, like I said, that's probably my, the biggest compliment that I've, I've gotten on, on speaking about codes. Mm. So apparently I'm doing something right. You're the anchor. So, yeah, well, I don't put it that way. I used to think of it there, you know, it, it was, I was at the tail end, mm. uh, which isn't always the anchor. <laughs> Well, in a relay race, if you're the final one carrying the baton, that means you're yeah. the strongest runner, usually. Yeah, well, I'm not carrying any baton. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful compliment. Well, we have one more question, and we are asking all of our guests on the Clear Impact podcast this very question. What is a person or an event that has had the greatest impact on your life? I've had a lot of different events over the years uh, and a lot of challenges that I've overcome, but Person-wise, it really is fairly easy to answer, and, and that would have to be my wife. And the reason being, we, you know, we've been married over 50 years, and, and uh, that's to the same person. <laughs> and that's, a lot of people say 50 years, but it's for three or four people. And, and I've had some difficult jobs where required a lot of tra uh, traveling over the years and what have you, and she's been extremely patient and, and dealt with it. And as anyone who travels like that for business and leaves a family at home, you know that Murphy's Law always gets involved. In other words, anything that can go wrong with the house will go wrong when you're not there. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be, be traditional. So she's been very, very patient about that. She got me involved here at PGT, which I believe was a, was a true blessing for me. I was able to find a job and secure that I liked at a company that I felt very comfortable with and that I had belief in. It's been, it's been a great 16 years. Well, we're glad to have you. And uh, we're glad to have you on our podcast today. Well, thank you. Jim, thanks so much for taking a little time to share with our audience a little bit of your background and why you have such credibility when you do teach classes here and deliver webinars and speak at conferences and things like that. And um, we're just happy that you could spend a little time with us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for asking me. Thanks so much, Jim. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.
PGTI University is the customer education team for an entire family of brands. We began with the original Easy Breeze porch and closure line, then became PGT, America's leading brand of impact-resistant windows and doors. We then added CGI, CGIC, Windor, Western Windows, New South Windows, and Echo Windows and Doors. We create products built to withstand major storms, keeping people safe, secure, and prepared. Our exceptional brands give you the protection you need without compromising design or functionality. PGTI University is here to educate you, our listener, so that you can be a more informed consumer of window and door products.